everybody. Um, I was born and raised near Philadelphia. And then when I graduated high school, I've kind of just bounced around the country. I'm kind of undergrad, so I moved here and I do a lot of snowboarding and surfing and anything that had adrenaline, really, along with being artistic and creative. And those are the two things that kind of rule my life. Um, yeah, and the NFT community, the NFT experience is kind of new for me. I joined back in July, and since then, it's just been a really phenomenal experience. Um, and I kind of just dove right into it, and I've been in the deep end for the last couple of months. And I'm just also very excited about that journey as well. So, yeah, stoked to be here, and I'm really excited to answer any questions that you guys might have. All right. Well, um, geez, everyone keeps messaging me here. All right. Um, so my first question for you is, where are you right now? I know you travel a lot. You said you were in Costa Rica the last I spoke to you, right? Yep. So right now I'm in Santa Teresa, Costa Rica, and it's been really cool experience so far. I've only been here for two days, so everything's still pretty new, but I've just been surfing twice a day and just kind of getting pounded by reefs, which is pretty challenging, but really, really fun. <laughs> um, and it was actually quite a couple hours of travel, so by the time I got here, I was pretty exhausted, but it's well worth it. Are you in Costa Rica right now on vacation, or are you working there and doing some photography? Sorry, the captions are really slow. Wait one second. Are you are you in Costa Rica on vacation, or are you there on work doing a photography project? Are we having a, another little issue with the... This is not working right now. Yeah, it's the captions. The captions are not working Working out. She's having to read the captions. Um, that's okay. All right, we'll try this again real quick. Are the captions working, Jamie? Yeah, they're working now. Sorry about that. There was a little delay there. But um, I'm just here for fun, mostly, and just to keep creating and take photography and video and fly the drone, hopefully. But yeah, it's mostly just fun and just kind of like hitting the reset button because, um, yeah, work with freelance photography has been really challenging in the last like five months or so. So. I was like, right, I just need to get away and kind of hit the reset button, you know? Yeah, very cool. Um, what I'm going to do, if we do have a little bit of a delay with the captions, Jamie, I'm going to send you the question over Telegram as well um, if we start getting some difficulties, okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay, awesome. So my next question for you is, is photography something that you've done your entire life or is it something that you just kind of gotten into um, in your, your high school or like teenage years going into adulthood? Yeah, so I've been 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so I actually started out with video. My parents, my father gifted me a old video cameras with like the tapes when I was probably like 11 or 12, so I was pretty young. And I just started like making snowboard videos, just like really like, well, like really crappy made videos, but it was all about just having fun and and then um, when I was in college, I studied in New Zealand, and my father let me take his DSLR, and that's kind of when I started down the path of photography, and he just gave me this book that explained how photography works, and I just read that, and so I'm self-taught, and over the years, I've just kind of learned as I have gone, and just slowly kind of like getting better and better, and just getting more comfortable with it, but... Yeah, I would say I've been doing it for about eight years, but I've only been freelance for maybe like eight months. So I haven't been doing it full time for very long. But yeah, I'm obsessed with photography and video and just kind of creating anything that's like a visual art. Is it something that you intend on turning into a full time job? Yeah, absolutely. It's already a full-time job, but as I kind of mentioned earlier, it's been a really challenging kind of start into it as a career. Um, and that's kind of the initial reason I started looking into the NFT, into the NFT thing. But once I joined the community, I realized like how many awesome people that are here. And so now it's not just about the money, it's also about being a part of like this huge movement, you know? Yeah, I want to congratulate you. Um, I saw that you sold uh, one of your first pieces not too long ago from your um, We Are Made of Stardust collection. I saw that you put a tweet out. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that project that you're doing and what it entails? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually sold that a while ago. I think that was like two months ago, but it's been kind of slow since then. So I reposted that just to kind of get more attention on that. But um, that project is compiled of um, a bunch of star photographs of the last few years. And it's kind of special because when I'm in darkness, I can't communicate with people since I rely on lip reading. So it becomes like this really tricky thing where people have to somehow like find a light up to their face basically for me to be able to understand them. And with that, there's a lot of social anxiety. So one thing that I've kind of realized that I've done over the years is I'll take my camera with me when I'm camping or if I'm adventuring with people or if I know I'm going to be in a dark area uh, or like if I'm going to be outside and it's going to get dark later on and that way I kind of have that outlet for my social anxiety so um, if I feel like I can't communicate with people or if I feel like stupid anxious I'm kind of able to grab my camera and then go off and just kind of be alone like but also like not be like completely alone I guess because I'm with the stars and I'm able to kind of do my passion and create and yeah just have that outlet for all of that social anxiety so that project is special to me because it kind of like takes me back to all of those times where I kind of ran off and maybe it could have been like 
a sad thing, but it wasn't because I was able to create art and just kind of have that out of it. Now, did you take all of the photographs for that collection in the same place, or was it done in different spots that you've traveled to? Yeah, so all of those photos are taken around the U.S. actually. There's some taken in Washington State, some taken in Colorado, some in Florida. But there are two photos that have like two similar photos from the same night. Um, and one thing that I've been exploring is because sales are slow, I might actually um, like have their pieces be companion pieces for some of my buyers. I'm not sure yet, but I do realize that. Like, I don't know if some people like that there's, like, um, similar photos in that collection. But, yeah, they've been taken all over the country just, like, over the last few years as I've traveled around. Am I right? Yeah, that's awesome. Very inspiring, uh, Jamie. Thank you. He's got, yeah, he's got technical difficulties. I just want to say, I, I think I, I think your work is really awesome, Jamie. I, I, I really like what you're doing. It's. It's beautiful. I have to say, uh, I'm from Washington State. You have a amazing positive attitude and drive that I think most of us can appreciate. And really, thank you for sharing. Absolutely, thank you for the kind words. And uh, someone mentioned that you're from Washington. Where are you from? Um, I'm from Bothell. I. Uh, Close to Seattle. Oh, cool. That's near Seattle, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful for a few months out of the year. Your Mount Hood pictures were gorgeous. I like those ones, the scenery pics. Oh, that's us Baker. That's not Mount Hood. Oh, my bad. Thank you, though. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it looks like the the host got rug pulled, or the hug the, the host can't speak right now. I'm back. So he'll be back up in a second. Oh, I'm there back. he is. He he just came back on. Sorry about that, everybody. You got me, Jamie. Yeah, going around, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seems everybody has a little bit of an issue tonight with the space, not just not just you earlier. All right. Are you well, I'm glad you're I'm I'm glad I'm back too. All right, we're gonna continue, okay? So um do you only do digital photography or do you also develop uh, negatives in a dark room and do old-fashioned photography as well. I 
do take film photography as well, um, but I don't develop it myself. That's not something I know how to do, but that's definitely something that I would like to learn how to do. Um, right now, I'm actually traveling with a really cool underwater film camera, so I'm really excited to use that. And then I also have a really fun 110 film camera, which is from like probably like the 80s, so I'm really excited to see some photos with those and then get those photos developed, but yeah, I don't develop myself yet. So I had heard uh, earlier you mentioned that you deal with uh, social anxiety and uh, isolation and stuff like that. Outside of photography, what do you do to cope with that? Um, I uh, do a lot of sports. I'm a big snowboarder and surfer, skateboarder, and I also hike a lot and so um, I definitely gravitate towards adrenaline. I'm kind of like a crazy person sometimes, <laughs> but I like to do anything outdoor to help cope with social anxiety and anxiety in, anxiety in general. Um, and then, yeah, photography and art and drawing and anything that can kind of ground me and bring me back to the present moment so that I'm not in my head and thinking about all of this stuff, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to struggle with it and don't know really how to deal with it. And uh, I really uh, do have a lot of respect for you that you're so open about it and you, you talk about it freely. Um, it takes a lot of strength to do something like that, you know, to, to admit that, you know, you have issues with stuff and this is how I deal with it. And maybe by talking about it, you could help somebody else. So I, I find that a, a very redeemable quality that you have. Thank you. Yeah, I think it is a pretty common thing. So, and one thing, um, I don't know if everybody here knows, but I was born with a bilateral severe to profound hearing loss, which is like almost fully deaf, but I do wear hearing aids in both of my ears. And um, for a long time, I denied that about myself and I was not able to talk about it and kind of just pretending to be normal so that people wouldn't like treat me differently. And as I've gotten older, I've done a lot of that self-work and now I'm at the point in my life where I want to talk about it because it is a part of who I am and a part of my story. And there's like not that many people out there that have a hearing loss, like in the, in the grand scheme of things. But there are enough that like by talking about my own experience, I'm able to help those people kind of feel validated. And I also feel validated as well. And so that's really empowering for me and really powerful for me. And the more I do it, the more I want to talk about it because I want to also bring this awareness to people. So if you actually scroll on my Twitter, you'll, you'll see a couple of pretty in-depth posts that I've written about, like just having hearing loss and those experiences. And I kind of plan to keep that going just so I can, um, yeah, just continue to bring that light to people. Uh, yeah. Your dogs are acting up. Yeah, sorry about that. That's uh, Costa Rican dog. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're in Costa Rica. Um, so I was watching the YouTube video that you had... Um, that you had sent me uh, that kind of depicts your journey and um, your everyday life with hearing loss. And 
the positive attitude that you carry, you kind of just say, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I have hearing loss and it's not going to change the person I am. Um, the question I have for you is how difficult was it during this pandemic where everybody had to wear a mask on their face and you had to read their lips? Did it really interfere with uh, your mental health and did it kind of discourage you to go out and go about your everyday life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, man, it was, it's still hard. I mean, like, I can't really be my fullest self, my true self, because, like, I'm not able to just go out and communicate with people very easily, like most people can. I know some people struggle with masks, even with full hair. But for me, it's just kind of like complete isolation. I mean, I read people by seeing in their mouth. And so by going out into public and everybody's mouths are covered, like, there's just no way for me at all. And that is, like, very hard. And so, like, absolutely, it definitely changed a lot of things for me. I am very uh, picky about, how, like, when and where I go, if I go out in public and who I'm with, like, uh, am I with people that I'm comfortable with who kind of understand my situation or am I going to be with someone that isn't going to understand that and how am I going to navigate that, you know, like, like, anytime I go out into public, it's kind of like I run through, like, 10 questions in my head and, like, that's part of that, you know, of, like, just not knowing what's going to happen, happen and not knowing if I'm going to be able to communicate with people. And that it's just, like, very difficult, very isolating. And so I'm already kind of an introvert, but over the last year I've definitely become more of an introvert. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I think most people have just because of the pandemic. But, yeah, it's definitely been, it's definitely made things that are already hard way harder. And that's, pretty much what I talked about in the video, but um, it does get a little bit easier just as I get used to it, but it's really tough when I want to, like, connect with people because I am really big on connection and just having those deep connections with people, especially meeting new people. I love meeting new people, and I love traveling and just, like, talking to people and hearing their stories and not being able to do that outright is, like, really hard for me because that's essentially, like, Oh, I want, you know. Well, I think it's a, a great sign of strength that you show. And um, like I like I said before, it's, I have a lot of respect for you that, that you openly speak about it. I, I don't know how I would react if I was in the same situation. Um, I'm sure I would kind of do my best to muscle my way through it. But, you know, it. it it is a it's difficult from time to time i, I guess so i much respect to you for that um let's get back to nfts because we are here to talk about art we're here to talk about your project and um you know thank you for sharing your your some personal stuff about yourself with us uh first and foremost um now going back to the nfts how long have you been involved in the nft space Um, I've only been involved for maybe two months, so not very long, but 
uh, yeah, still got a lot to learn and I'm learning every day and I'm just super fucking stoked on it and I can't wait for your platform to come out because it's going to be fucking killer and I'm just really excited about everything. Um, I have something here. Have you encountered any issues um, as far as any type of learning curve when you first started? Um, not knowing what direction to go in, uh, how to set your floor prices correctly in order to sell your work. Have you encountered gas or minting fees? I know that's a lot of questions. So I'll just let you run with it and let me know what was hard for you when you first started and what could possibly make it easier for uh, a new artist coming into the NFT space. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've just been kind of stumbling as I'm going. Um, I So when I first got into it, I had no idea that people were actually talking to each other about this and that there was a whole community with Twitter. And so when I first started, I kind of jumped into it and just kind of started minting a bunch of photos, not really realizing, like, what was happening and looking back I definitely regret that that I didn't kind of take my time to learn how it was being done and take my time with Twitter and getting to know people and just like how the whole NFT community works. Um, I also have a foundation account but I haven't mentioned anything on there yet just because I can't really afford it at the moment. Uh, it's really expensive especially with gas being high right now and uh, so far that's been my biggest challenge probably with minting and gas fees. When I started my OpenC account the gas fees weren't too high so I was able to start pretty cheaply with that but um, yeah I think I would have just kind of like I think it was just the fact that I didn't really know, like, there was, like, this whole community behind it. I kind of thought it was, like, an anonymous thing where, like, it was almost like an e-commerce kind of thing, but it's actually the opposite, like, and so I actually started out kind of anonymous. I didn't really want people to know who I was, and then I realized that it wasn't just, like, Reddit, like, that was posting NFT stuff. It was also Twitter. So I made a Twitter account, and then I realized that people were not being anonymous at all, that people were sharing their stories and getting to know people. So I was like, hey, well, I don't want to be anonymous either. And so I actually put my phone in and a picture of myself. And I think if I were to do it again, I would have just taken more time to get to know what it was all about and more, like, learning on how everything works and maybe talk to more people about it and just got their input on it all. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but. It answers it pretty well. Um, so let's say I was brand new. I'm an artist and I hear about NFTs. I'm not really sure where they are. Would the first thing or the thing that gets shoved down my throat the most be get on an Ethereum blockchain or when you're a new artist, do you kind of, are you kind of familiar with multiple blockchains like Polygon, Cardano, Solana, um, other types of marketplaces, or as a new artist, do you basically only see Ethereum and OpenSea? 
Um, that's a good question. So I do know about like Solana and Cardano. I don't know much about Polygon. Um, I got into Ethereum just because it was like the most popular and because it seemed like most people were buying on Eth. But uh, yeah, I think knowing more about the other blockchains would also be really helpful because I would like to like make an account on a Sol or Solana uh, blockchain, but I just don't really know like how big the market is on that, and I don't really like. Yeah, I just don't know as much about it. I guess. So. Are you a big coffee drinker? Yeah, <laughs> I thought so. I saw a lot of pictures with you taking uh, pictures of like independent coffee companies and uh, also in coffee shops. Um, I, I also drink a lot of coffee. Uh, the thing that I've been seeing a lot lately, though, is there are a lot of independent um, coffee companies that are working with NFT artists and they're also developing their own NFT um, redeemable programs so like let's say i make a picture like if i run my coffee company is called let's say bear mountain coffee company i would sell an nft of a bear and that nft would directly be linked to my company and along with the nft that you buy you get a coffee subscription to my company have you come across any of these people and ha if you have, have you discussed any possible partnerships with them? Well, I've actually heard nothing about the idea of really companies were starting to like develop these partnerships with artists, and I think that's really fascinating. So, wait, so when that happens, the company will buy the NFT and then they also give you a subscription? Yeah, so um, I've already spoken to two artists in the past, and well, they some of them are just a coffee company that will partner with an artist and what they'll do is if you buy let's say one of your photographs along with the photograph uh you get a percentage of their coffee sales or or something along those lines so it would be almost like a sponsorship through the nft program and they're partnering with coffee companies i've noticed in the nft space um we can't really do it too well with uh, cannabis yet, but cannabis and coffee seem to go uh, very much with a lot of NFT projects. So I think a lot of coffee companies um, are going to eventually end up partnering with a, a lot of artists. So uh, there are a few that I know of that maybe I could shoot them in your direction. That would be amazing. That sounds so cool. And I feel like it like helps with a lot of things because one problem that I had with my freelance career is that um, coffee companies can't really afford me, if you want to say. And so I was previously working with a local coffee company and I was doing a trade with them. But I only wanted to do that for so long before I wanted to actually get paid for my work. And that wasn't happening. So that's kind of something that I'm struggling with right now. So this whole program seems really awesome. Yeah, I'll reach out to a couple of the guys that I speak to and I'll uh, I'll give them your Twitter and then hopefully uh, maybe you guys could work out something and you could have some sort of little little partnership together.
That sounds awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, my next question for you, which it's the first time I've ever seen this. I'm not sure how many people here know about it, but I saw that you're an FPV pilot and uh, I was looking through some of your drone footage that you do and it is incredible. Can you tell people what um, FPV piloting is, please? Definitely. Uh, so FPV piloting is drone drone flying and essentially essentially you are taking full manual control of the drone. So when you have like a DJI drone, everything's pretty automatic. There's a lot of sensors on it and you just have it on your phone screen and just kind of watching what it's doing on your phone screen. With FPV, it's like a custom built drone and so um, it's very, it's faster, it's agile, and everything is just manual. So one thing that you can't do is you can't just hover the drone by itself. Like, you have to actively be adjusting the controls to have it hover, which is actually really difficult, and it's a lot harder than people think. And so um, the other thing about FPV is FPV stands for first-person view. So you have the controller, and then you have goggles, and then you have the drone, and there's just a three pipes to FPV. And so you put the goggles on, and then you're seeing what the drone is doing firsthand, which is like fucking wild sometimes because you are the drone. And so when you're controlling the drone, you are watching firsthand where it's going and what kind of movements it's making. And it is such a big adrenaline rush. Um, and it's also really incredible to get a different view on the world. And you can just like fly through crazy stuff. I mean, with DJI drones, you don't really have as much freedom with it. With FPV drones, you can fly through these tiny little gaps and just get really creative with it. Um, the, when I first started, I actually got quite a bit of vertigo with it because it's just like a lot of movement and you're just like, you're just like flying around and so it can get kind of crazy, but it's so much fun and it's also really challenging, which I love. So every day, like I progress and I get a little bit better. I also cross a lot, like I've spent so much money on FPV drones, but I just can't stop Like it's just so much fun. <laughs> Now, can you can you fly the FPV drones at nighttime? I, I'm wondering if you could incorporate it into your astral photography that you do. Um, that would be a very tricky thing. I've actually never seen that before. You actually are supposed to fly drones at night, especially FPV drones. You would have to get authorization because uh, it does get pretty dangerous. And um, as far as photography with FPV drones, like the the ones that most people have access to, they film with a GoPro, so the, Go the GoPro quality isn't like the best quality ever. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that would be totally possible, but maybe in the future. All right, because that's something that really kind of caught my eye. And uh, recently I was... Uh, with my girlfriend, we went out to San Francisco and we went to the uh, California Academy of Sciences and we went to the planetarium there. And the first thing I thought when I was watching your FPV footage uh, was when we were in the planetarium and you were kind of flying through space. 
Um, they would have you flying through different galaxies, the Milky Way galaxy, Andromeda, and it kind of, uh, the, the way it was carrying you, like you were in the IMAX facility, kind of made me think of the same type of flight pattern that you were using with your FPV drone. That's why I was curious if you could fly them at nighttime. Wow, that sounds incredible. I wonder what kind of like what kind of equipment they were using because I'm sure it was like way expensive than what I had. But yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty badass. Um, I saw another one of your um, photography pieces. I think it's it would be more considered motion photography uh, called uh, revealing mountain peaks. Uh, in that piece. How do you go about doing something like that? Do you leave the uh, camera shutter open for an extended period of time, or do you just uh, continuously press the uh, the shutter to have it open and close, and then you pin it together through software? Uh, I'm curious how you go about making moving uh, photo uh, photography like that. Yeah, so that's a, that's another question I had. I actually have three questions up on OpenSea. And one of my questions is three hyperlapse and three time lapse. And I love making both of those types of photography, moving photography. With the time lapse, you set the camera on a tripod and it automatically takes a photo like at an interval of time. So you can set it for every 30 seconds, every 50 seconds, every minute, whatever you want. And after that, it kind of compiles it into a video. And yeah, I think time-lapse can be really special because you are, first of all, you're taking all of these different photographs and you're piecing them together to make a video. And then also just the fact that we are able to freeze a moment in time and just kind of bottle that up and put it in the pocket, I think that's really special. Um, and then I also have some hyperlapse, which is a little bit different. That's a more tedious process because you have to walk in a really specific line and you have to hold your camera at a really specific height. Like you have to keep it the same the whole way. And you also have to point your camera at a specific part of whatever your hyperlapsing. So it's kind of complicated, but you pretty much take however many photographs. Um, we, uh, with my hyperlapse, I have ranging from 48 photographs to like 160 photographs. And um, they're all just me walking, like taking one step at a time, taking a photo each of those steps. And then you, uh, with the hyperlapse, I actually go in and I edit each of those photographs individually, which is kind of tedious as well. And then after that, I piece them together to make that moving video. And I think I really, I think it comes out really cool because it's kind of a different way to so doctors or so people or so nature and it's just kind of unique looking um it almost looks like 3d or something like that but yeah i have a lot of fun making those uh going back to the uh fpv uh photography uh real quick because i i almost forgot are you also interested in uh virtual reality I am, but I don't know a whole lot of it, a whole lot about it, to be honest. Okay, because it seems kind of to tie in a little bit, to me at least, from somebody that doesn't do either. I don't know, I kind of saw you with the mask on and I was thinking it was something almost like a simulation. 
yeah, it's kind of the same thing where you have goggles on and you're like seeing this different reality. But yeah, I feel like yeah, I have no idea because I've never really experienced virtual reality, so I I am curious like how similar the two things are. Um, I'm gonna ask a couple more questions and then I'm gonna open it up to whoever would like to ask Jamie some questions. Um, the the next question that I have for you is have you done any freelance work for any magazines like uh, National Geographic or something of the sorts or maybe uh, Astronomy Magazine? Has, has any of uh, any publications published any of your work? I have not. Um, I'm pretty inexperienced with that. I don't really know how to make that happen or how to make the right connection. Uh, and I haven't really tried to reach out to many magazines. So if anybody knows anything about that, I'm happy to take some insight on that. But so far, I haven't had anything uh, publicated or anything. I saw that you uh, take a lot of photographs of nature predominantly, uh, whether it be uh, water, mountainsides, or just nature in general. Is that pretty much your go-to? Is that, Or is there other types of uh, platforms that you like to also photograph? Yeah, mostly water, like the beach or uh, forest, rainforest, mountains. I mean, I'm pretty much always out in nature. And so, yeah, that's probably my favorite thing to capture. Although my favorite, like, genre is probably adventure photography, just because I'm always trying to adventure. So I love, like, capturing people out doing crazy stuff, like snowboarding or backflips off of boats or whatever it is. And... So I would love to just keep doing that, I guess. Like, if I were to shoot anything to do for the rest of my life, it would probably be adventure photography because that, like, just the combination of adventure and photography just fills me up so much. It looks like you have a pretty supportive boyfriend uh, as well that goes along on these adventures with you, huh? Yeah, I do. He's awesome. Um, we, uh, I, I love him because he's always down to go wherever with me and do like most of the crazy stuff that I want to do. Um, unfortunately, he's not here in Costa Rica with me just because he had to work. Um, but we do have another trip in mind. We are hoping to road trip down to Baja together and do some more surfing. So I'm really excited about that. But he's incredibly supportive and really understand me on a deep level and so he's able to kind of empathize with me with my hearing loss which is like insanely like amazing because obviously like that's a big thing I deal with and so having someone that wants to understand that and is able to hold space for that is really important so yeah I love him a lot and he's fucking awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm really happy for both of you. Um, anybody that feels free could uh, raise their hand and talk, or anybody that's uh, on the speaker line over here, feel free to give Jamie a shout out. Or I just got to say thank you for sharing your amazing story and positive attitude before anybody has questions. Thank you. Thank you, Gregory. I appreciate you being here and just listening and hanging out. And thank you for the kind of words.
So does anybody have any questions or? Yeah. Um, so how much has Twitter spaces or how much Twitter spaces have you done so far in your NFT uh, experience? So I am actually pretty hooked on spaces. Um, I am in them pretty often. I actually, when I first joined Twitter, I was told about spaces and I was like, oh, well, I'm not able to do that because I need to be able to like see people when they talk or have some kind of visual. And so I missed out on that for probably the first like two or three weeks of my Twitter time. And then someone told me that, uh, that the spaces actually had captions. And since then, I've just been in spaces like all the time. And it's not as much right now because I'm traveling, but I'm pretty much in them all the time. Well, um, that's awesome. I imagine having a place where people can speak freely and the captions are auto-generated uh, helps a person with hearing damage out to where you can uh, kind of be disability, not free, but at least, uh, you know, easier for you. Um, is 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 Twitter Spaces something that brings your life more more fulfillment? Um, I I know for me it does, and I don't even have any disabilities. I just think it's. Uh, it, I was just wondering, like how how much of a, a benefit it has been to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said earlier, I really thrive on deep connections with people, and I think that's really special about Twitter speeches is that you are able to listen to people all over the world and hear about their stories and their experiences. And so it definitely has brought a lot of like performance and um, empowerment to my life. And that's why I like the NFT community so much because it kind of books apart from social media such as Instagram and Facebook and others, which I don't really um, I don't feel as much of a connection too because you're not able to have those personal talks with people. So yeah, absolutely. Twitter spaces has been a huge benefit to me. That's amazing to hear. It's all about the community and that's how we feel. Exactly. Have you, um, have you noticed or let me how can I say this correctly ha have you seen that there is a lack of uh females and women in cryptocurrency and both the nft space and if you have what do you think we could do in order to combat that or raise more awareness because myself personally I think uh the nft space maybe not so much as cryptocurrency but I feel that it's uh male dominated and I I think that we really need to get uh, some more new blood into the spaces. I love that. That's extremely powerful. And I just have a lot of respect for you for even bringing that up. So I really appreciate that. And that just makes me even more stoked on after you. Like, fuck yes. But yeah, it is very male dominated. And that's something that um, I've bonded with other females on is just having, or just having that um, trend coming into the NFT community. It is unfortunate that uh, the that that's kind of what it is right now, but I do think that it can change. 
And I think that can change just by giving women more of a voice and in whatever that in whatever way that might be. Um, I mean, you guys kind of highlighting females in your AM age is really important and I think that's already a really good step. And also just allowing women to have um, I don't want to say power, but um, some sort of leadership role, I guess, maybe whether it's within the NFT platform or within the community, and just given that chance for women to uh, be alongside men, if you will. Um, and yeah, it's kind of tough because I do think there are male, there are more males in the community uh, for whatever reason that might be. But there are a lot of really incredible women out there, really, really incredible like financial women that know a lot about like cryptocurrency and just like all of the deep details of that. And then also a lot of really intelligent like people and women that know just like so much stuff. And I just think that we just need more of a voice and especially female artists. I mean, there's so many female artists out there and I'm not really sure why they aren't up there with the, like, in the top 10, which is all men. Um, so it's really interesting. But I guess it's also kind of typical, but I'm kind of rambling here, but I hope that kind of answered your question. Have you uh, came into contact with the NFT project called uh, World of Women NFT? Yes, absolutely. And so cool. <laughs> Yeah, they have, uh, I'm not sure if it's a group of people or if it's just one woman, but she certainly has a very large following. And uh, I've been trying to get her on, or them, I'm not sure who it is behind it, uh, but I've been trying to get them on our Twitter spaces and they keep rejecting me. So if you could tell them that they should come here and talk to us, I would appreciate it. Okay, yeah, I can try that. I don't, I don't know them personally, but I can definitely try to reach out and tell them about you guys. And I think that's maybe one thing that might be hard for you is that you guys haven't launched yet, so people might not like, people might not know who exactly you are. So I can totally see that being a problem, if you will. But yeah, I'm definitely willing to help you guys and try to reach out to people if you, if if that would help at all. I'll just continue sending them messages every day like I do. But I've been trying to reach out to them, and I think their project is really cool. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to continue doing it because I, I believe in perseverance and uh, strong will. So I'm going to keep pushing hard and trying to get them on here. I'd really love to talk to them. Uh, does anybody else have any questions for Jamie? Feel free to ask me anything if anyone has any questions. No, I don't. I don't have any questions. Uh, but I do want to thank you uh, for coming to this Twitter space and having a discussion with us about your art and uh, where it comes from, and um, you know how you create it and all that stuff. We really appreciate it, and uh, I know from the bottom of our heart, um, you know, thank thank you from uh, all of the Elon One family to you for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And yeah, it's just, I'm just super stoked on this community and 
really excited to see for after the year goes. So yeah, I really appreciate you guys holding space for me and giving me this this opportunity. What's your favorite country? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I have to think about this. Uh, I honestly like there's a lot of places I still want to go to, but so far I would have to say either Mexico or New Zealand. I think Mexico is really underrated, and New Zealand is just like a whole bunch of countries jam-packed into one small country. I'm jealous. What about you? Um, Vietnam. Ooh, that's a good one. I actually traveled to Southeast Asia, and I just backpacked for three months, and Vietnam was one of the countries I really wanted to go to, but I didn't have the opportunity to, and I'm kind of bummed about that, so I definitely want to go back and see Vietnam. Oh, you missed out. Uh, which is your favorite Southeast Asian country? Um, that's also a really good question. So, Thailand was really beautiful, but it was also very westernized, and I'm really fascinated by how westernized countries can be. And I kind of have like this deep desire to get to know countries on an authentic level. But a really interesting story with that is I actually went to Indonesia and my friend who I was traveling with, we were like, let's get away from the westernized areas and let's just experience off the beaten path and true authentic culture. And that actually ended up being the hardest, like the hardest travels I've ever had. And it was extremely challenging, like on so many levels. so it's really interesting because I really enjoyed Indonesia, but it was also really fucking hard. So I think, yeah, I think I would say Indonesia, even though it was hard. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's beautiful and untouched, but you have to sacrifice. <laughs> Yeah, after uh, you, so you spent some time there as well. Yeah, I traveled. I've been to China, Bali, Singapore, Vietnam, uh, Thailand, uh, and Australia, all over there. That's awesome. What was your favorite part about Vietnam? Uh, the limestone towers. Uh, they have it in Thailand a little bit, but there's a lot of limestone over there. Um, and there's a whole bay area, a whole reef area, essentially, full of limestone towers that jut up 150 feet up. And they're just like skyscrapers um, right out the, in the ocean, like 150 feet away from shore. Uh, and they have these little caves that you can kayak through and walk through. Um, and it's just all kind of still untouched and you know, mankind hasn't really developed much there. So uh, that's that's my favorite place so far. Wow, that sounds absolutely incredible. And I definitely feel like I've missed out on now. Missed out now. <laughs> well, you haven't missed out yet. You're still living. 
yeah, I'm definitely going to have to make time to go back and just see all of the countries that I didn't get to see before. I'm jealous of you with New Zealand. I I just want to say that's my yep. bucket list thing. What's the next country that you want to go to that you haven't been to yet, Jamie? So my family heritage is from Italy, so I would really like to go and see like where my family comes from, which is um, Abuja, and then there's another town, or another area that I forget, but I've seen pictures and it looks absolutely beautiful. And obviously Italian food is probably amazing. So yeah, I think Italy would be my next uh, foreign country that I visit. Where besides like Mexico, which is pretty close to home. Oh, same here. I'm Italian too. I would love to go back to Italy and eat some Italian food. And I know James as well. He's Italian. He loves that type of food. I am also Italian. Yeah, and Aiden, you I think you hit home for some of our favorite foods. I'm I'm not Italian. I'm Irish, and our food sucks. Um, but I would also like to go to Italy and eat some Italian food bucket list for all of us well yes absolutely well we're getting close to the top of the hour i i like to keep these about an hour in length um i have one more question for you jamie before we close up um if you were to give one bit of advice to somebody that suffers from some sort of disability or depression or anxiety or anything that might hinder their day-to-day life, uh, what would you tell them that could possibly help them? Uh, Let me talk about that for a second. That's a good question. That's also a hard question because everybody kind of had a different experience and everybody had a different outlet and a different way of coping. Um, For me, one thing that has really helped me is, I know this sounds kind of clicky, but coming back to the present moment, I mean, it's just really powerful, just like grounding yourself and just coming back to the now and kind of getting away from the rabbit hole that you had. And I think that it kind of like, the main thing maybe for a lot of people with anxiety and depression and kind of getting pulled into that rabbit hole that's in your head and I know it's not as easy for a lot of people to come out of that but I think finding ways to kind of like just come back to earth and come back to like the present moment can be really powerful because it kind of like reminds you maybe like what you're doing on earth and um, yeah, that's a hard question to answer, but as far as a disability, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think just having an outlet is really important and finding a way to cope with that and also being able to talk about it, being able to talk about it has really changed my life because I'm more secure within myself. I used to be really insecure. And like I said, I would deny that aspect about myself and that did not help. I mean, I wasn't able to connect with people on a deep level because I wasn't being my true self. And 
So I think something that can be really powerful is learning to love yourself for everything that you are and embracing that and just like, yeah, I guess accepting that about yourself and that alone is going to allow you to just live a fuller life because you're going to be more secure within yourself and so you're going to be able to love other people and also receive that love. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of what I got. Yeah, I think being um, centered in the present is really important. Um, as somebody who's in uh, drug and alcohol recovery, we have a little saying, you know, you can't control the past. Uh, wait, wait, you, you can't change the past. You can't control the future. But the true gift is the present. And uh, that's uh, something that I try to live in. I try to keep my brain centered on what is happening now, because we really we can't change anything that's happened in the past. And we don't know what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. But if you live in the moment, you know, things are things are really beautiful. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate the message that you brought here. I love your art. Uh, I appreciate you coming on our spaces with us and taking an hour out of your day to talk to us. Um, I wish you the best of luck. You have uh, a free pass to come here whenever you want. If you ever want to come back in and talk with our community, if you have a new uh, project that you're dropping, feel free to just reach out to me and uh, we'll get you back on here. Um, Jamie's website is jamiedelpizo.com and her Twitter is at Jamie Del Pizzo with a zero at the end instead of an O. Uh, shoot her a follow, show her some love. And uh, Jamie, thank you so much. It was it was really great talking to you. I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was lovely talking to you guys and getting to know you guys a little bit more. And I'm just really grateful for this whole experience. And I'm excited to continue down this journey with you all. And thank you again. Uh, thank you so much. We're gonna yeah. leave. We're gonna leave spaces open for uh, anybody that wants to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, Jamie, if you want to stick around and hang out, feel free. Um, if you have something to do, I know you're on vacation. I don't want to take you away from surfing, so. Uh, thank you again, um, and I hope I'll, I'll see you soon. Thank you.